This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do self-awareness, anxiety management, and healthy relationships have in common? They're all things you can learn in therapy, and the list doesn't end there. See what therapy can do for you at betterhelp.com super. What if Neville Longbottom was the chosen one instead of Harry Potter. Hey, brother. For the past couple of weeks, we've been walking down the path trying to answer this question, and thus far, the journey has taken some very interesting turns. Neville is not quite the bumbling child he usually is, but he is kind of socially awkward, having never left home at all before attending Hogwarts. Nonetheless, though, he has still managed to make a best friend in the form of Harry Potter, who, having been raised by Sirius Black instead of the Dursleys, excels at pretty much every everything, including owning a toad. Nobody owns a toad like Harry. Both boys have made it to Hogwarts and were promptly sorted into Gryffindor, and things have been going pretty well other than Malfoy setting them up for a midnight duel, which he just forgot to show up for, landing Harry in detention on Halloween, where he's going into the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid, which I know sounds super spooky, but it's not as spooky as what happened in the castle on the night of Halloween when last we left our hero, the Chamber of Secrets was open. Who opened the chamber? Will Neville be able to uncover its location and enter it without the use of parcel tongue? Will Hagrid still be framed? Will Dumbledore still be forced from the school? Today, we find out. Hey, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. The words glistened in bright red letters on the castle wall, framing the horrible sight of Mrs. Norris the cat suspended in midair. Gas filled the hall as several teachers, including Dumbledore and a still very flustered Argus Filch, approached the scene. I want to know who's done this! I want to know who's murdered my cat! She is not dead, Argus. Merely petrified, replied Dumbledore as he examined Mrs. Norris up close. Whispers fill the hall as students begin to wonder who could have done such dark magic. Professor Quirrell had stepped forward to also examine the cat, but Professor Snape had stepped around him, scanning the crowd, looking for something or someone. His eyes landed on Neville, who suddenly felt quite petrified himself, but then Snape's eyes seemed to relax with, was it... Relief? Where's Potter? He suddenly demanded of Neville, and simultaneously almost the entire crowd began to notice Harry's absence. Before Neville could respond, however, Filch broke in once more. It was Potter, Headmaster, he said, clinging to the hope of an accusation. Revenge for landing him in detention and missing the feast. Alas, Argus, as you've just said, Harry was in detention tonight and therefore could not have done this, nor could any student at this school, as this is highly advanced dark magic. At these words, Quirrell seemed to quiver and back away from the cat. After that, Dumbledore dismissed the crowd back to their dormitories, but despite Dumbledore giving Harry an alibi, rumors began to spread immediately that it was Harry Potter who had attacked Mrs. Norris. When Neville returned to the dorm room, he found Harry sitting alone at the edge of his bed, staring at a picture frame. Hedwig the Toad sat beside him, giving off a faint glow. Which, by the way, can I just say, last week we asked you guys to submit artwork of Hedwig the Golden Toad, and oh my gosh, did you guys ever deliver? We got so many different entries, and they were all so much fun to look at. You guys are seriously all so talented. Thank you so much for your uh, time drawing these, sending them in, and just for watching the series. But anyway, let's, let's get back to it. Hey, you're back. Thought you would have joined the feast after Hagrid's, said Neville. Halloween's always a rough day for me. It's the day my parents were attacked. Doesn't really feel like a day to celebrate, said Harry. Surprised to see his normally excitable friend so down, Neville tried to change the subject. How was Hagrid's? Did you hear about Mrs. Norris? Mrs. Norris? No. What happened? Harry replied. Neville explained all about the attack and how the cat had been petrified and something called the Chamber of Secrets had been opened. What? 
exclaimed Harry. You know what it is? asked Neville. Well, only a little. Apparently it's some hidden chamber at the school where a giant monster lives, but I never thought it was real. Sirius said he and my dad used to go out under the cloak and found loads of secret passages and rooms in the castle, but never came across anything like that. He said they even made a map of it, but Filch confiscated it. That certainly doesn't help this situation, does it? Harry gave a half-concerned shrug. Sounds like your dad and your godfather were really good friends, said Neville, looking at the photo Harry had been examining. The best friends Hogwarts ever saw to hear him tell it, but it's too weird. I heard a different story about the Chamber of Secrets tonight. What? Said Neville, looking shocked but very excited. It was tonight with Hagrid. Apparently the spiders around the castle have been acting really weird, and we were going to investigate the reason. He took me deep into the forest to meet a friend of his, a giant spider. Hagrid told me he'd been expelled because he was assumed to have opened the chamber nearly 50 years ago. But if he was with you in the forest, it couldn't have been him, right? Neville asked, trying to sound casual at the sound of a giant spider living somewhere off in the forest. He looked more than up to the task of causing some harm, but trust me, there's no way he could have made it into the castle undetected. Could there be other spiders in the castle? Well, Aragog, that was his name, was surrounded by his family, and there were thousands of them. None as big as him, but some were still bigger than a car. If one had entered the castle as a baby and grown up there, it could be huge now. But Hagrid was trying to figure out why they were acting weird and he was with you. It couldn't have been him. And why would he attack Mrs. Norris? Dunno. Maybe he was checking with Aragog to see if the plan went like it was supposed to? And he said some of his roosters had been killed recently. Maybe he thinks it was her? The evening had certainly given Neville a lot to think about, and the next morning it seemed like the castle had nothing else to talk about. But as much chatter as there was, there was one prevailing theory as to who did it. Harry Potter. Neville heard many bits of conversation as he's worked his way from class to class that day. Where was he during the feast? I heard he was with that monster lover Hagrid. What if you know who transferred him his powers when he vanished? now is using them to open the chamber. Filch is the one who gave him detention. You think it's any coincidence it was his cat that was attacked the same night Potter was missing? Even the teacher seemed to be acting a little bit more on edge than usual, except maybe for Professor Quirrell, who the attack seemed to be acting as a stimulant on. He informed them with uncharacteristic enthusiasm during their next Defense Against the Dark Arts lesson that they would be beginning defensive spells immediately, just to be on the safe side. During the class, that Hermione Granger girl also asked Quirrell about what the Chamber of Secrets is and if he knows anything about it. He tells them the whole story about the founders and Slytherin leaving and the supposed monster that lives there. He even admits to having searched the school himself when he was a student there, hoping to vanquish the monster within, but was unsuccessful in ever locating it, and encourages the rest of the students to report anything unusual they see immediately to him. The rest of the lesson is then teaching the students a basic disarming spell. Expelliarmus. Quirrell separated the class into pairs, and Neville spent the rest of the day trying to disarm Ron Weasley, which to his surprise he was able to do on all but one occasion. Meanwhile, Harry was paired with Hermione Granger, and while at first Harry seemed incapable of missing, by the end of the class Hermione had also gotten the hang of the spell and managed to hit Harry so hard he went flying across the classroom, leaving the rest of the students laughing. As Harry collected himself, Quirrell congratulated the class on their progress with the spell. Excellent work, Miss Granger. Take five well-earned points for Gryffindor. I disarmed her the whole time and she gets five points. Well, she's in our house, so in a way you did too, responded Neville. Harry gave a small tilt of the head and then nodded in agreement. Are you heading to lunch then? Asked Neville. No, I'm going to knock out some homework before practice this afternoon, Harry replied. Given that Harry never needed extra time to work on homework, Neville thought this had more to do with wounded pride than anything else, but decided against pushing the point. So Neville headed off to lunch while Harry followed Hermione to the library. She's always there. Neville was sure Harry would shake off the embarrassment in an hour or two, and so was very surprised when he never showed up for her body 
biology that afternoon. And it turned out to be an excellent class. Since the attack on Mrs. Norris, Professor Sprout had decided to instruct the class about mandrakes, usually a second year subject, but since their leaves were so vital in the revival of petrified victims, she decided to move it up to first year. What was more surprising than Harry missing the class though, was that Hermione never showed up either. But Neville and his classmates didn't have to wait long to find out why Hermione had missed class. As they made their way back into the castle, they stumbled upon a horrible scene and collectively gasped. Before them was the ghostly form of nearly headless Nick, the Gryffindor ghost, except instead of pearly white, he appeared black and somehow solid? And beneath him lay a petrified Hermione. Several of the class let out screams, and within seconds, teachers were emerging from classrooms to see what was the cause of the commotion. Neville, however, made straight for the common room. He had to find Harry. He'd been studying at the same time as Hermione, and she'd been attacked. What if he had too? And guys, now we need to take a quick pause to thank today's sponsor, MeUndies. Which really gives us the perfect opportunity to make an analogy about Neville, because the fact that he was a candidate to be the chosen one in the main story adds a very interesting layer to it. And MeUndies is a celebration of all of the inter interesting layers of ourselves that not everyone always gets to see. You know, like being chosen as the nemesis to the world's most powerful dark wizard. It's really a perfect analogy for the perfect producer of pants, which is the term for underwear in Britain. And that's me undies. They know comfort and subtle style better than anyone. My drawer has been stocked with me undies for years now, but I do always find myself gravitating towards my Hogwarts pair, especially during what if weeks, am I right? <laughs> but it's not just the wizarding world. Me undies also has prints for all sorts of fandoms. Right now I'm personally eyeing up these awesome Grogu ones. But big news, MeUndies is now entering the swimsuit era. They have stylish swimwear that are chlorine resistant, UPF 50 plus for sun protection, plus they're sustainably sourced and imported under fair working conditions. All excellent things that make me even happier to be a MeUndies customer. So to get 25% off your first order plus free standard shipping, head over to MeUndies.com theories. And remember, if you're not satisfied, your purchase is on MeUndies. Again, that is 25% off your first order when you head over to MeUndies.com theories. Link is in the description down below. Once more, Neville returned to the common room to find Harry alone in the dormitory, this time getting ready for Quidditch practice. You're okay, cried Neville as he hit the top of the stairs, panting hard. Of course, Harry responded, nodded off for a bit. How are the mandrakes? A lot better than Hermione. She's been attacked. What? But I just saw her. She actually had some tips on defensive spells. That's how she got me in class. She was fine. And not just her, but nearly headless Nick too. I mean, what can harm a ghost? Harry was immediately on his feet and pacing. Only something really dark, he said, looking paler by the second and fidgeting nervously with his notebook. This isn't going to look good, Harry, said Neville. Everyone already suspected you, and now Hermione was just attacked an hour after she embarrassed you in defense against the dark arts. And you were missing from homology. Why didn't you just come to class? Okay, first of all, she didn't embarrass me. And like I said, I nodded off. Anyway, I'm gonna be late for practice. We'll figure it out later. Neville felt very confused. Harry was his best friend, and he was sure he'd never do anything to hurt somebody but this was the second time there'd been an attack where Harry had been absent for some unknown reason, and on both occasions, he seemed to have a motive. Neville also couldn't help wonder about all those rumors floating around about him and Harry as babies. Why had Voldemort disappeared after attacking the Potters? Had Harry somehow absorbed his powers? It turned out Neville wasn't the only one coming to these exact conclusions, and he found that a feeling of uneasiness had fallen over the castle in the coming weeks. Draco Malfoy could be spotted strutting about the castle, looking as smug and happy as ever. Rumors of Dumbledore possibly being expelled from the school if the attacks didn't stop swept through the school. And on the whole, most of the students seemed to be collectively keeping their distance from Harry. The Gryffindors, at least, had the decency to keep any suspicions to themselves, especially after Harry's debut 
performance as their seeker, defeating the Slytherin Quidditch team in a mere three minutes. Neville might have been upset that his first Quidditch match ever was so short if his best friend hadn't been the hero. The final score had been 160 to zero, Slytherin's worst defeat in years. Even so, Harley barely felt up for the post-match party. He said it was just because he was exhausted from the game, but since it had only lasted three minutes, Neville didn't see how that could possibly be the case. Nonetheless, Neville let his friend head up to the dormitories by himself to get some rest while he, Neville, stayed down and enjoyed the rest of the party. When Neville finally did make it up to the dorms, he had to admit he was absolutely astounded by his friend's dedication to his studies. While everyone else had been downstairs partying, Harry had collapsed and was asleep over one of his books at his desk. Laughing to himself, Neville helped heave Harry onto his four-poster bed. But he couldn't help but notice that the book Harry had fallen asleep on was completely blank on the inside. Curious, he picked up the book and flipped through the pages and was surprised to find they were all blank. Uncertain what to make of it, he set the book back down on the desk, but as he did so, noticed three initials on the back cover. T-M-R. As he took in the letters, he found he was filled with a similar sinking sensation, which for some reason reminded him of Malfoy. But he shook it off and retired for the evening himself. The next day, signups were announced for anyone who wanted to stay at Hogwarts over the Christmas break. Neville had mixed feelings about whether or not he should sign up. He of course missed his parents, and with all the recent attacks, most of the students were packing their bags. But he had also just experienced the best few months of his life, and the idea of returning home to a place he hadn't been allowed to leave for over a decade was almost as frightening as the petrified victims up in the hospital wing. It had been different before, before he hadn't known what else was out there. But now, well, I've just signed up to stay for Christmas, announced Harry with a look of excitement in his eyes. We've got to stay, Neville. Empty castle, invisibility cloak, think of the adventures. And that did it. Christmas meant there was no classes and no Quidditch practice, so even Harry couldn't be too preoccupied with the studies. And with the thought of the castle being devoid of whisperers and onlookers, and the thrill of exploring the castle like Harry's father had, Neville was in. He quickly wrote a letter to his parents and sent it along with Trevor to explain that he would be staying at Hogwarts for Christmas. Despite the dangerous atmosphere that had settled on the castle, the week leading up to the Christmas holidays turned out to be quite fun. Professor Sprout informed the class that all of the mandrakes had gone into hibernation for the winter, which was a really good sign, and Professor Quirrell hosted a small contest in class to help review the different defensive spells they'd gone over so far. The goal of the contest was to try and disarm your opponent or hit them with the full bodybind curse, and in the meantime, try and dodge spells or block it with the shield charm. To their absolute pleasure, the final match had come down to Neville versus Harry. Neville thought he had won when he hit Harry with his full bodybind curse, but it didn't take all the way and left Harry's arms free for him to cast Expelliarmus, sending Neville's wand sailing across the room. Harry's always good at Expelliarmus. Both boys laughed at the results, and Professor Quirrell even awarded them both five points for Gryffindor for the progress they'd made with the spells. He also assured the class that over the Christmas holidays, he would be redoubling his efforts to locate the Chamber of Secrets and hopefully catch the cult. The air in the castle was feeling lighter than it had in weeks, but Neville couldn't help but maintain a level of concern over the attacks and Harry's unusual behavior. The first day of the Christmas holiday was splendid. Snow had fallen over the grounds, and the boys were headed down to Hagrid's, where even Fluffy the three-headed dog didn't look so dangerous, jumping around in the snow trying to catch snowflakes. Hagrid prepared the boys surprisingly good cups of hot chocolate and equally unappetizing rock cakes. Neville was just unclenching his jaw from one of said rock cakes when Harry asked, Hagrid, what will they do to the person if they find out who's opening the chamber? Hagrid looked alarmed. Don't know. Expelled probably, of course. No one died yet. That's how I got my job in the first place. 
Everyone thought it was me. Some thinks it's me again. Think I should be locked up. But, well, Harry, you've seen Aragog. He's not even up at the castle. Not that he'd harm a fly, even if he was. Sorry again if I went a little pirate there. Harry gave Neville a look, which made it clear that he did not agree with the sentiment that Aragog was not dangerous, but didn't challenge Hagrid on it. For some reason, Harry's mood seemed subdued as they headed back up to the castle, but Neville couldn't figure out why. Nonetheless, he tried to cheer up his friend. Hey, what if we take your dad's cloak out tonight and do some exploring? Maybe see if we can get into the restricted section of the library? The prospect of adventure and even some light rule breaking seemed to lift Harry's spirits, and the two immediately began plotting which sections of the castle they'd like to explore. The plan was simple. They just needed to stay up long enough for their fellow Gryffindor, Ron Weasley, who had also decided to stay at the castle for the Christmas break to fall asleep. Then they would sneak out under the cloak. Unfortunately, it was well past 11 before Ron finally retired from the common room up to the dorms, having stayed up late playing Exploding Snap with his brothers. Neville had actually almost fallen asleep for real by the time Ron's snores began filling the dormitory. As he shook off his sheets, he turned to see if Harry had fallen asleep too, but was alarmed to see Harry fully dressed and standing at his desk, staring at his notebook. Harry? Neville whispered, trying not to wake Ron up. But Harry didn't respond or even acknowledge Neville. Instead, he turned and almost robotically exited the dormitory. Harry, where are you going? You forgot the cloak, Neville called out, still whispering. But again, Harry ignored him. Unsure what was going on, Neville grabbed the cloak himself and followed Harry out of the common room and into the castle. Despite the lack of the cloak, Harry encountered no resistance from Filch, the teachers, or even any prefects roaming the halls. Neville followed him all the way to the second floor corridor where he entered, of all places, the girl's bathroom? As Neville approached the door, his foot caught on the cloak and he collided with the door. He thought he'd alerted his presence to Harry, but seemed to be saved by the sound of a girl crying in one of the stalls. Could that be why Harry had come here in the middle of the night to help the girl? Had Harry just assumed Neville had fallen asleep and decided to explore the castle himself? But then why hadn't he brought the cloak? But if Harry noticed the girl crying, he was ignoring her completely. Instead, he approached one of the sinks on the wall and began whispering to it in a cold, clear, hissing voice. Neville leaned in close, trying as hard as he could to hear what Harry was saying, but couldn't quite make it out. And then, to Neville's absolute astonishment and horror, the sink began to transform until it had opened a doorway, which Harry promptly jumped through. Neville gasped and rushed forward. He couldn't believe what he was looking at. He examined the sink, looking for he didn't know what, but then he saw it a small snake, and suddenly he knew exactly what he was looking at, the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets. And that is where I think we are going to pause the story for today, as I'm sure none of you saw coming at all. Harry was in fact the one opening the Chamber of Secrets. Thank you guys always so much as watching. Just like last week, I would like to uh, offer you up the chance to submit some artwork to be featured here on the channel. If anyone would like to try and depict Fluffy the three-headed dog jumping around in the snow trying to catch snowflakes next to Hagrid's hut, I think that would be awesome. I cannot wait to see what you come up with. You can uh, email any submission you have right here to secretcarlinbrothers at gmail.com. Thanks in advance. Can't wait to see them. But otherwise, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button and ding the bell so you don't miss the next chapter in what if Neville was the chosen one? I've already written next week's script, and let me tell you, it's awesome. But if you can't wait for any more What If action, you can always check out this series right here. What if Harry was in Slytherin? But uh, otherwise, until next time, Ben, I will see you in another life, brother.